0: You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world. With your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at Remax Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at Remax Advantage Plus.
1: What up, gentlemen? Rock and roll.
0: Sorry. I I just finishing some last minute stuff here, Andy. Sorry about that.
1: I was just going to
2: say, you guys keep getting better looking. Thanks. I I think especially Nick, I don't know if any of you guys follow Nick, but uh, apparently Nick's attractive enough to have three women in a car with him driving around exotic places. And uh, hey. (laughs) Uh, I don't
1: complain out here, Andy. I don't complain.
2: I love it, brother. You know, for those of you that don't um, or haven't heard what Nick does, Nick actually not only lives a lifestyle of a rock star, plays professional football in Poland, won the uh, national championship last year, um, and then he, in the meantime, just travels around the world and posts videos under uh, the Bold Perceptions, um, marquee. But now you're doing a travel version, sounds like.
1: Well, first of all, I appreciate Andy. But, um, yeah, just Instagram, and then I got the vlogs on the YouTube. But uh, it's still – podcast i think uh, i use this like lifestyle to to get into some deeper questions and ideas and and life but i definitely you know focus on the the travel aspect a lot it's fun
2: yeah. being an old man by the time i finally figured out how to turn the volume on and the thing the videos were over but the uh the pictures are nice so <laughs> chris you're in the same boat don't you laugh
0: well i've been yeah i've been tortured by him for years so it's okay. uh I mean, tortured in a good way, but it also tries to wake you up, like you should go do some. Maybe, maybe I should go do some of this stuff too. Yeah,
2: you know. Well, you know the the ladies watching the show, everybody last weekend. I it was I don't know if you noticed this at your personal home, how there was everybody was cheering for the different football teams, but all the ladies were were cheering for Joe Burrow. Yeah. And they like, go, Joe, don't hurt Joe. That should be a foul on Joe. Um, you know, and they're just getting all excited. And and I'm like, that that uh, younger Nick, when he was wearing the Dolce suits to school and stuff, I, I saw uh, a little reminiscent or whatever you want to say, uh, similarities there.
0: Yeah, I remember smoking cigars, too. Holy cats. I still don't get that. Do you still smoke cigars?
1: I need to get back to those. I'm smoking the, the other littler ones, which is, are not good for you. No, yeah, no.
2: I just remember that article they wrote on on you back in the day. Chris and I were so proud, and it was uh, Jim um, at the Star Tribune wrote this huge full-page article about Nick. It was freaking awesome.
1: No, it was, and I think uh, what I do now is the next iteration of it. I'm taking it to a global scale, so it's no, exciting. Andy, thank you for talking me up so much, but let's get to the, no, the audience. I, awesome.
2: I get it, but you know what? I think that a lot of the listeners that are consistently watching the show – they're curious because they want to know who you are, what you are, what you're all about. Um, and, and I think it's important to tie you into that. Um, and uh, so we're, we're proud to have you here. Thanks. Wow. Now, wow. if your dad would say something nice to you, maybe you would have turned out okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, you did a good job.
2: <laughs> and then he, he cuts to us and disappears.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm finishing off this text message. I'm,
2: it says I'm trying, trying to actually get a
0: showing, and I set it up yesterday, and they still haven't um, given me an approval, so I'm just.
2: Yeah, the, the isn't that the true battles nowadays? And then the, uh, so I, I don't look funny. at many of them, but there was a few of those open door listings, and I hope open doors listening. You are a pain in the ass for real estate agents. <laughs> pain in the ass. Why, like, why is that? Uh, they, they literally will like text you with very specific instructions, like 13 seconds before you're showing. Uh, and it's like, it's so crap. It's like, dude, nobody's in your houses. I'm the only guy that showed the house today. Give me the combo so I can make my plan for the night. It, it goes to show they're disruptive intentionally. So then you have to like give all of their listings special attention. And then, you know, I don't know. it it's,
0: the problem is, Andy, though, with those open-door ones, a lot of them, they've gotten the prices so low, and they're giving them away for less than they're paying for this stuff that uh, sometimes we have to show them.
2: I, I you do try to stay Anoka. away,
0: especially I at the beginning. Was, they're 100000 too much right at the right. start.
2: Tuesday night, I was showing one up in Anoka, and this poor little Rambler was one of those shanties that was put together and, and addition after addition over time, and you know, some are insulated to this level, some are insulated to this level. So the temperatures would change as you walk through the rooms. And as I'm sitting there walking through this house and these people are like, this thing looks like it's going to blow down. And I look and the house was listed for 239. They paid 220,000 for the house. And I'm like, just with acquisitions and they put all new carpet, they put all new paint. I mean, they'll, they'll lose 50 grand on that house. Yeah, And, and I'm, I'm mur- saying that from a, a, a non-objective Just I I honestly think that sometimes algorithms are are biting us in the butt nowadays. And that's why you see a lot of these technology style um, buy and sells going away, because, you know, it goes to show just like with with the Zillow's and the whatever's that give you an automatic evaluation until you put somebody's eyes on there that lives and breathes in that market and knows exactly what to do, exactly how much that house is worth. um, I would say let the computer get you closer, you know, or the or the software, whatever you want to call it. Get you a little closer to where you kind of arrange but then when you you're best off if you're really curious as a seller get a couple agents to interview and interview the top agents that sell most in that area and and have them come in and interview them they're the ones that are going to say hey here's reality here's what i sold the last 10 for on your street and and it really makes a big difference
0: yeah it's a it was an interesting thing i think it was a, a fight to be able to grab some stuff on the way up and try to capitalize on on the uptick and they just on a lot of them they hit it at the wrong time yeah you know because it didn't uptick anymore and then it kind of got flat and when you have to fix it up and you paid too much in the first place and now all of a sudden you got to get rid of it and it just you keep reducing the price until you do it's interesting most of the the reduction prices that come past my desk are Typically, those those listings that you see. So, yeah. But anyways, market is good still. I mean, it's getting uh, it's getting interesting again. We we need we need inventory. If you're thinking about bu- selling, let us know for sure because um, we have to get some more stuff out there because there is buyers. So they're they're back at it.
2: Yeah, we're. Um, I've I've been helping a few of my uh, team members. With customers shopping around that three hundred thousand dollar price range, and it's kind of scary. And I get that a lot of these first time buyers come into the marketplace and they, who do I trust? And I, I, you know, I grew up on reviews and apps and whatever. And all of a sudden, I have to rely on a human. And what's interesting is these, uh, they, the the value of the the influence of the agent throughout the process starts to glow, right? So, well, this app said this. This app said that. This one says it's available. It's not available. This is what it's really worth. It's really not worth that. And so all of a sudden you develop that relationship and then you go out there and you don't want to, you know, pay full retail. Right, Chris? So you're always like, no matter what the house is priced at, you got to offer less or you got to. And all of a sudden they lose about three offers in a row and they realize, oh my God, there's still multiple offers in this market in that price range. And then you start having to get really quick on your feet. So you don't wait three days to go do a showing. The, The house lists, you're one of the first five to show the house. If you want it, you write an offer you have the offer with you you don't wait around you have your approval letters done you have all the reduction row you have a, uh, a home inspector on standby ready to roll so that when you you know write that house and you ask for that inspection they can get it done quick right cuz the entire offer the best offer sometimes has uh terms like quicker inspections and and an approval letter with a lender that everybody's actually heard of or done business with before right so they can trust that uh, uh agent's uh you know approval but. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know if that made any sense. I hope it
0: did. Yeah, no, those those things are important. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm always looking really, I look hard at the agent um, versus even the buyer because uh, the agents are sometimes, I mean, they're the ones that are going to be pushing this thing to get it through. They're the one that has the relationship with, with their lender. Um, yep. They know that, hey, this is how they work and really super important to be able to work with another agent that, uh, knows what the heck they're doing. For sure.
2: I guess.
1: my bad, Andy. No, no,
2: that's, that's okay. Me. Nick there there's, there's weight on that for sure. Chris, I think that the, the agent that's, um, guiding their client, you know, as a seller, um, they look at, yes, I've done business with this individual before. They did a great job, very professional because after you write that offer and it gets accepted, they've negotiated or whatever else. Now you have to actually do the administrative part of getting them through the transaction. Mm. And there are uh, agents are all created uh, different. And you have some agents that are completely involved and fantastic, deliver the earnest money fast. They get copies to everybody. Um, they have the title company announced. They ask for yours. And boom, 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 boom. All of a sudden, you're ready to close. I got other agents that are like, oh, uh, that purchase agreement's still laying on the floor of my car. Um, I forgot to turn it in.
0: Earnest money. What is that?
2: Oh, excuse me, hotshot. Um, transfer funds. <laughs> I forgot Biggie Biggs. You guys yeah. don't probably. Hey,
0: Andy, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. No worries. I'll get you her done.
2: Earnest money Because it's cute.
0: I'll Yours get it expensive. done. Don't worry. Yeah, that's what, what you hear. And it's just like, you know what? Just do it. Do what you're supposed to do. It's very, very simple. And if you can't do it, then you got to get someone else that can so anyways, Minnesota did name a new CEO of the yep. Realtors Association. You remember who the old one was? Yeah. Well, I shouldn't even say the old one, he's still in there. I think he's gonna be, uh, who's retiring? I can't remember when Chris he was first. So yeah. yeah. We, had,
2: uh, we had Chris Galler numerous times on the, the real estate show on CCO and a uh, fantastic representative for the association. Um, he came from the eyes of a real estate agent understanding the business. And he understood, in my opinion, he understood the value of an agent to the consumer and protected that. And that's that's really what that real estate association should be doing. And obviously keeping the peace amongst the other real estate agents, you know,
0: but. Good guy. Very knowledgeable. That was, uh, I mean, when you usually think of a, a CEO, no offense CEOs, but they're a much higher level and they're just getting everyone else to do the job. But he actually had the, the information, which was really interesting. You know, his, his, uh, he was, was just running a group, not knowing exactly what's happening.
2: His uh, funny enough, his son, um, years ago we were sitting there and, and I'm out. My brother owns a, a landscaping company, Midwest landscapes. And, uh, they were out there and we were talking this guy walks up to me and says, Hey, I think, I think, you know, my dad. And I'm like, Oh yeah, well, who's your dad? And he goes, Chris Geller. And I'm like, Whoa you're in the landscaping business. You're not in a real estate business. You're not wearing a, a fancy three piece suit, like your old man. And my, uh, my brother's like, no, but he goes, don't mess with that guy. He's the best. I mean, early to the jobs, works hard, gets everything done on time, does 10% more. And, uh, and I go, you're just like your dad.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Good family. Good guys. Thank you, Chris, for your service.
0: Yeah. enjoy it. I don't know. I don't know anything about the new guy.
2: I do not either. I, I don't. We should. Uh, well, there's one way to find out. Let's uh, send him a Dr. nice little email and ask him to join us.
0: Get him. Should we read on here? Here.
1: Should we read the article or no? Yeah, go ahead. Right, hold on. Bring it back
0: up. You know we can't read, Nick. <laughs> How about we summarize the article? For
1: you? Yeah. Oh crap! I just lost my free uh, account. But we can Google him. Oh,
0: over yeah, that's uh, let me see if I c- can find it.
2: And I'm saying this in a complimentary way when he gets older and his beard goes white, he would look like Santa Claus, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Josh McFall. That's a good yeah. start. He's-
2: I mean, that in a handsome way. I'm not insulting the guy. I think it, you know, he's got those eyes, right?
0: The guy I'm seeing, he started in Alabama, he was an Alabama guy, he's a Crimson Trot. Crimson Tide, um, oh, North Alabama he went to. So, I don't know. He's coming up here. He was. Uh, he overs. He uh, also oversees Valley MLS, whichever that, wherever that is. So, how many realtors do you think we have in Minnesota, Andy? I would bet
2: twenty-one thousand seven hundred and sixty. Uh,
0: the, the article says twenty-two thousand. Very close. <laughs> You're right I, totally, on. I, I, I don't know exactly. 20, I guess. It's exactly 22,000, so. Wow. Yeah, no.
2: (laughs) Wait, wait 10 minutes.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, but good, we got a new guy in charge, so we'll see what happens. Welcome
2: aboard, Josh. That'll be exciting to see what we can do with this local association. I would, uh, I'd love to hear the new exciting uh, works that are going to be done.
0: I think he's living in Champlin. They're moving into Champlin. Nice. Yeah. I got some more.
1: I got a little, uh, some more Minnesota news. Got some yeah. landmark properties to expand into Minnesota, a luxury high-rise student housing community in uh, Minneapolis. Is this a good sign? What's going on? Uh, the
0: university. That's that's saying uh, a lot of parents that want to send their kids down to the University of Minnesota, that have some money and want them to be safe, are going to put them up in this joint. That's what I'm thinking. The where so uh, is it, Dickey Town? Nice.
2: Yeah. My. My boy, when he went down to the U, started at the U, he was at the the Lofts, um, and they're right off of 35. And out of his out of his like eighth story window, he looks like at the river and at the uh, the new uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. And he'd sit at his house, and I'm like, you have one of the best views of downtown I've ever seen. And then you go downstairs, and they have you know the coffee rooms and whiskey tasting rooms and all these. Crazy! I mean, the the level that they're they're going to to attract that higher end uh, student is ridiculous. And then, so my son stayed there for the first I think it was the first year, and then he it got expensive, and he realized, gosh, I got to have a, another job just to afford my rent down here. So, but it was interesting though, Chris. You go downstairs, there was a limited parking, but you go downstairs, Mercedes, Maserati, BMW. I mean, it was so these kids are coming for money. They're looking for a nice place to stay secure, feel at home.
0: Well, and the parents feel secure with yeah, them in there. So that's, what, sure. that's sold over a thousand units in that building. said. Um, obviously it's probably uh, any kids that are staying there aren't gonna be staying at that place right now, but uh, for the future kids coming, it's definitely gonna be a, a place to reckon with. There's a lot of um, remodeling and redoing stuff downtown. People are buying up stuff, building, you know, three and four plex type units, removing yeah. houses. And uh, that whole area is changing quite a bit.
2: Yeah, it's 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 fascinating, though, too. the money that comes in. Like one of uh, my son's uh, neighbors, this kid was right from China, um, never stepped a foot. And, you know, it was his first day it was the first day at this university. And also the next day, he has a brand new BMW delivered to the apartment. And the parents were so concerned about their child safety. That they sent him, they wanted him to have a nice car, so they let him go there and buy a brand new car, and they had it all delivered, and it was a nice car, and, you know, it's it's interesting how, I'm sure, just like, you know, the, the world is different, but it's all the same, right? The parents are still protecting their children, providing them with what they need, And uh, but Connor was like, some of the money that comes from overseas at the University of Minnesota is crazy.
0: Andy, see, that's what I was worried about with Nick in Cambodia. That's why I sent that car and those three girls down there to... Make sure he gets to places.
2: But why do they keep giving him mouth-to-mouth? That's the weird part,
0: Chris. He's, he's He drowns a lot. He swims. <laughs> he's, going, he's going to swim with it. He's swimming with <laughs> elephants now, Andy.
2: <sighs> I, I don't think I'm going to make it.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, My turn uh, is, Well... Gross. Uh,
0: Next. So
2: why, why we digress? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, we always do.
1: Yeah, let's have a little more fun with the the social media reacts. But first, it's going to be brought to you by
0: Andrew. Andrew. Right now? I don't know.
2: Hey guys, Andy Prasky with REMAX Advantage Plus. Have you heard some of these stories lately about the rising number of foreclosures in today's housing market? Yeah, me too. So (laughs) let's put it into context. During the uh, pandemic, there was a, a wave of what they called forbearances. Homeowners did not pay their house payments. A lot of the experts feared that this would create a wave of foreclosures and so that's what a lot of people think they're seeing right now. But let's take a look at this. While the foreclosure filings have actually doubled since last year, they're still near record lows. Nowhere near where they were in the housing crash of 2008 and the data shows foreclosures are well below that of the housing market as we saw in typical years like 2017 and 2019 before the pandemic. So what does this mean for you? We have better qualified buyers out there more now than ever. We have all kinds of programs to keep homeowners in their houses. There's no reason to fear a market of foreclosures. As a trusted expert, I'm here to explain this, get you all the accurate data from the best sources that we can find, and best of all, help you on your home uh, journey. Please follow me on all social media. I'd love to help you out and have yourself a great day. I just want to point out I did change shirts. I didn't change (laughs) sweatshirts. but
0: I was going to say, that's pretty good. Wow. Apparently, I have a uniform I wear and I'm kind of consistent. You do. That's there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Then you can you'd never have to think about what you wore the day before because you wear the same thing. If you wear a uniform, I think that's a great idea. I think I'm gonna do it.
2: Yeah, you know, but hey, I, I love I love sweatshirts. So like I wear these pullovers over top of a business shirt. It's kind of like, Hey, are you going to the boat or are you going to a business meeting?
0: Do you have a do you have a logo on that one?
2: No, not this one. Wow. I know. Normally I'm logoed too. You're
0: logoed. And
2: then I'll wear a vest because it says my, my logo on my sleeve and then I wear my vest.
0: Oh.
2: Hey. Always be advertising.
0: Why not? Yeah, that, uh, I'll tell you what, I tell our clients, you have a showing at three, you're gone by 245. You got a, a showing never goes from three to four that it's scheduled, it goes from 245 to 315, probably even longer. And the thing is, is that it's, it can get upsetting sometimes, you know, from that two to three, they show up at 255. I know. But the thing is, is you got, you, you want to get them in. You got to get people in to be able to see well, it. Chris, you know, let's
1: Chris,
2: talk about that for a second, because. I think there's a lot of people that are really, and, and I'm part of the other side of this, where you're you're selling your house and I, I only have a half hour window you can reserve to show my house. Cool, if there's only one house, we'll show up on time, we'll be there, we'll be early, we'll be out of there. But do you really want to rush me out of there if I'm talking my client into writing an offer on your property and we're looking at the pros and the cons because you don't want to be inconvenienced by selling your house? And I'm telling you, you're, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. You want to have people in that house. You want to be inviting. You want to let them have the time. If somebody's sitting in your driveway and you pull up, you can, You have a couple of choices. You can get really mad, call your agent, and tell them that they're past their time. and get. Or you can say, sweet, they're still here. No. Remember what you're doing. You're trying to sell that house. Let mm. the house have the time to sell itself. If you rush people, they don't write offers.
0: Very true.
2: Well, and think about this, Chris. What if you're showing five houses in one day? I mean, granted, if the inventory would come back, you know, there were times where we were showing five, 10 houses at a time. And sometimes those windows, you just lose the windows. And all of a sudden, there's one agent who will only let you show up from 315 to 345. And so then you have to adjust your schedule and then you're driving extra around to get to it. So what I started doing back in those days, I'd skip those pains in the butts. I would just say, "Ah, we're going to skip that one.
0: We couldn't get in that one. Exactly.
2: Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I mean, eventually we'd get into it, but it, you know, if they, oh, if for sale, that's but what it happens.
0: I totally agree. So, all right. Hello darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Do you bring, uh, do you bring, uh, cookies to your open houses, Andy?
2: For the customer or for myself?
0: Well, for the customer.
2: Yeah. You know, I, my thing is candy. Um, I, so I, I a lot of times will bring a nice tray or bowl, you know, when I have candy out there and all my agents are like, nobody likes candy. I go when people are out running around on a Saturday or a Sunday and they're busy and you have a nice piece of candy. It does one thing. It stops them in their tracks. They grab a piece of candy and they feel like they have to talk to you. And I go, that is the perfect opportunity to say, so what are you guys looking for? You know, are you under-representation at this time? Are you looking for somebody? I'm interviewing clients right now. I'm actually looking for some new people to show houses to. Are you guys available? And they go, what? You know? So you got to have some fun with them.
0: I don't think I've ever brought in food to an open house. It's just very interesting.
2: I've had people microwave like salmon in the microwave, whether at an open house and eat it in their model. And you walk in and it smells like fish. And then the, the Tupperware container still laying on the counter and I mean, some agents are absolute idiots. Yeah. No offense. I mean, I'm just, they, they just, you you got to remember that. site sounds, and they're worried about themselves versus worried about the impression the customer gets.
0: I love the open house where they're sitting at the table. Yeah, come on in. They're working on their computer yeah. while you're walking around. It's just like, oh, jeez. Yeah, they're,
2: they're doing this. They're typing away and they go.
0: Awkward. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, good. Yeah, take a look.
2: I, uh, wow. I had that happen, Chris, over in Plymouth. This was about a year ago. And I had a guy that was a $1.6 million budget. We're looking at houses for a million, million three. And any one of these houses could have wrote a check for it. And I'm not kidding you. The agents that had their, the builders that required their agents to be there acted like they were doing us a favor. Yeah. They'd stand in the driveway like, Oh, you're late. I'm like, Nope, we had an hour. Well, I thought you'd be here right at the top of the hour. And I'm like, way to start the conversation with potential buyer. And their agent. Yeah. Just dopes.
0: Yeah. That could have been. A, Sorry. I was just saying that could have been a nice little text just directly to you versus bring that out in front of the client. Yeah. So. I just kept it to myself. I don't want to know. <laughs> a lot of shelves for those books. I thought you kids were going digital. Yeah, I say just get another bedroom, then you're good. Yeah. No, I, I yeah, actually. The uh, you, by the time I you put a all lot of that room. stuff in, Andy, you could have bought three more bedrooms.
2: Yeah, yeah. You got three hundred grand in furniture, custom furniture in that room. Yeah, exactly. you no, know, oh. I know, but it's a cute. it's a, if you're in a in a an apartment or a condo, and you you need that extra space for the the newborn or the whatever the you know. And, or you put the two teenagers in there and you got the the new kid and the, wherever. I, I can see where that would be kind of fun. I, I, I was curious though. I wanted to see how they actually, so here's my brain. The first thing they do is they attach it to the ceiling and act like it's just push it up here. And I'm like, okay, how'd they attach it to the ceiling? What kind of weight ratios, loads do they have, you know, ratings on those wrappers or is it a concrete ceiling they bolted to or, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm hung up on the ceiling. You got ceiling.
0: problems. That's that is, but that is the construction in you, you know. It's yeah. a great it's a great computer program, but is it? Can you actually do it?
2: Or just put that post down. If you put the post down, you know, granted it's in the way, then. But I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and your That's the awesome. other thing was, and this is no joke. The other thing in my brain was going through there was: Are those stairs compliant? They look at their eighteen-inch risers. Is that even legal? And yeah. then I go, okay, it's furniture, so it probably doesn't, you know.
0: Well, the other thing too is they're are open boxes. I mean, are they even can they even withstand some weight? But anyways,
2: well, those are boxes are for guys with gorilla feet like me. <laughs>
1: I'm seeing that uh, I got the next video too that kind of relates to like the smaller spaces and maximizing them. So I'm seeing a lot uh, about when I type in real estate stuff on, on the social media. It seems like uh, with people's budgets and whatnot, they're trying to make the most out of space. So, check out this next one, too.
0: Now, that's cool.
2: Until the power goes out.
0: <laughs> hey, they have them on pulleys too. You can pull that stuff out, Andy.
2: Was he on those wheelies or whatever? Those those ones you lean back and you wheel, or was he just
0: I'll tell you what. I...
2: Nick, you have those, don't you? Isn't that what you wear over in uh Cambodia?
0: No. I've, I don't have those. That's, That's more of a first, first world thing. That's leader hosing you're talking about. But I don't know. I think that that kind of stuff to me is kind of cool. Yeah. And you can kind of create a whole, I mean, off, I mean, that was an office. That was a freaking walk in closet. That was a master suite. And it was an open, great room with a kitchen.
2: Yep, and I just, had a, there was a company kitchen. years ago that with medical files, before a lot of that went digital, and these guys would have, they invented this. They're out of uh, Robbinsdale and they had these huge file cabinets that would be, 20 feet long, and they were 10 feet high, or whatever the space would be. And they would hit the button and the whole file cabinet would slide over. And then the other ones would follow and it would open up and, you know, wherever you wanted to get into the files. And it was a really cool setup. But it was like, these were like $200,000 systems for these file cabinets and these bigger medical centers that didn't have the space to give that they, you know, in in, uh, like urban markets where they don't have the, hey, let's put on another wing on the hospital. So they would have to rely on these condensed file and they made a killing selling those things. So yeah. that it, it is a cool technology. It just, what I was, I didn't look at was the floor. So the floor, when you ride, roll that over, I'm assuming it's on some kind of a track, you know, and then is it, you know, is it on the, is it hard on your feet? Is it, you know, but I'm sure they got that figured out.
0: Yeah, Let's see that one, one more time. Cause I, I was kind of interested in that too. I just deleted it off the space. <laughs> nice. Wow. Were you-
2: Chris, he moves on. He, he, uh, He's already got three new girls in his car.
0: Jesus. I know.
2: I know, I we, we should talk to him off air.
0: An awful lot of real estate agents are nowhere near
2: being able to retire, nor will they ever retire. They may actually become a burden to their family members because they run out of money. One of the big problems that I see as I'm coaching realtors around the country is they wanna make enough money to get by. When will that ever stop? You're going to be the 70-year-old realtor the 80-year-old realtor and beyond. You don't have a pension. You don't have a huge IRA and a 401k and all of those things. It's your responsibility. Don't freaking call me when you're 87 talking about I should have listened 40 years ago. I know there's not another coach in the world that talks about this because they want you to be involved with them for years and they would love to have agents that are still being coached at 97 years old. No thank you. Let's get you retired. If you go to www.get
0: yeah, uh, that's, that's like Greg Luther.
2: I don't know if you've yeah. ever watched him before.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's pretty. He's kind of the. He was the luxury guy, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: He he was the, where he he had me. I was listening to some of his stuff, and then he lost me. Was he was sitting there one time going, "You see this racehorse? I paid six million dollars for this racehorse. This is a hobby of mine. I'm so successful, and you should listen to me because of my success." I'm like. Immediately, like, okay, now I want to do a background check on this guy and see if he even sold a piece of real estate in his life and how did he make his money and did he make all of his money off coaching or did he make all of his money off of real estate? Right? So,
0: well, most coaches are just uh they can coach anything because they're everything they say is regurgitated just in a little different way to be able to fit that industry. So,
2: you uh, Chris, you know, when we we used to uh I used to drag Chris, you guys to a couple of these
0: real estate training
2: things here and there. And the first thing out of Chris's mouth was I'll go. Cause it'll be a fun trip to Chicago or whatever, but he goes, they're going to tell you what you already know you need to do. And you just need to go do it. Yeah. And it's, it's, I've, I've, thank you for that by the way, cause I've said that to myself so many times, you already know what you need to do. You you just got to focus. And, and that's the key thing that they, they get you distracted with the thinking you got to think differently and you got to do this kind of advertising. And then, you know, you, you get sucked into these programs as a real estate agent. It's being consistently persistent at the basics and then having 10% of your day the fun new shiny object. But 90% of your day is on your on your sphere, your customer base, your what you're good at, right?
0: But you also have to add in what you like to do. Because if you don't do what you like to do, I mean, how would that's great? Oh boy, I'm making all this money, but and it's working, but I hate it. I mean, that's right. no fun. So you got to do that's what you true. like to do. I had to, any a new agent that comes in, I said, everyone's going to tell you, you got to do all of these different things. And I said, that's, that's bull. What you got to do is you got to do what you're good at, you know, but maybe if you're only good at just this, you're not going to make a lot of money doing that, yeah. but you're actually going to do it and you're going to enjoy it. Do you, do you remember?
2: I mean, obviously you do. Steve Thompson over at CCO. Oh yeah. So I'm, I, we helped his daughter uh, buy a house recently and we were talking and they were, they were actually, Talking about doing what you're good at, he goes, I'm really good at pontooning and I'm really good at the radio. And he goes, I'm going to do a pontoon podcast. And I'm like, boom, I go, oh my God, that would be fantastic. And, you know, having like celebrities or having like, you know, sports people on your pontoon and talking to them as you're floating down the river and, you know, limiting, you know, your window of time kind of like with the amount of time you float down the river. And oh my gosh, I think that would be fantastic.
0: Let's do it. I know. I told him that too. I go, "We'll be your guest." Yeah. Well, we, he can be our guest. He can run the show f- for us. We'll just Nick's too busy with his multiple car rides. Wow. Hey, we could go to Cambodia. Nick could like put us down that river.
2: You know, we'd both be kidnapped within ten minutes of landing.
0: <laughs> I keep we'd you safe. Get that guy.
2: He. he <laughs> he's got to be worth ten grand. <laughs>
0: Uh, Definitely eats well. So. Chris,
2: yeah, look at how fat he is. He's got
0: money. <laughs> he he must be American. Totally. All
1: right,
0: <laughs> uh, fun stuff. Now let's get even more fun. Andy, we're, some- Andy, we're not fat. It's the it's the chemicals and all the food we get. It's I not our it, fault.
2: It's the preservatives that not
0: make me this fault. way. Yep. <laughs> totally. Uh, We're gonna do a little role play here, but it's
1: gonna be brought to you by Chris Rooney Home Experts.
0: I was just one years old when my family started in real estate, where both my parents were agents. They also dabbled in investing in real estate, rentals, flips, and construction. After college, I went right into getting my license in July of 1990. As a 23-year-old agent in an industry that looks nothing like today, I had to know more for my clients to choose me. There wasn't Zillow or social media to tell them how good I was. I had to win them over with knowledge. With knowledge comes confidence, and with confidence comes results. I, I
2: was just gonna say, we probably lost our sponsors, Cheese Wiz and Twinkies, <laughs> by insulting them, but this
0: ad brought to you by Cheese Wiz. Is this still uh is there still Twinkies? I hope so. I don't know. I thought they got rid of those.
2: Host, I know hosts sold out to somebody, but they still were making them for. I, I don't know. I should probably look before I speak.
0: Oh, Andy, we're doing a little role playing.
1: Uh-oh. Yeah. So the first one, um, Andy, you'll be the clients coming from out of town, and Chris will, will be the agent. So you guys of understand okay. it. You put your little mask on, and you guys uh, show your skill.
0: So, okay, it's, out so of- it's
2: out of town clients come into town. They think they want a certain area, but are open to areas. Where do you start?
0: Um, Open other areas. Okay, okay. So I'm, I'm the realtor, so I'm talking to you. So Andy, welcome. Uh, welcome to Minnesota. Hello. I know you've had some time to kind of consider where you'd like to, uh, to live. And, you know, we talked on the phone and you were thinking kind of the South Metro type area, but there was some interest you said in another area up more North. What were you thinking? Yeah.
2: Um a, a really cool guy I follow online um, said Champlin's awesome.
0: Chamblin.
2: And uh, you know, hey, he said there's parks, there's fantastic pizza. It's close to Anoka for Halloween. Um, the river's right there, got the big five thousand acre park, and I'm pretty sure that's where we should look.
0: Yeah, so so is that it's it's more about kind of a lifestyle in the rivers. When you're talking about the rivers and the parks, are you guys pretty active?
2: I think we are. Yes.
0: Okay. What about, what about your house? What are you thinking about for the house?
2: Um, you know, I'd want something, you know, uh, newer, so I don't have to do a lot of maintenance, Chris, because you know me and maintenance, I, I just don't want it. And uh, I want something newer. Um, I'm looking for, you know, probably just, you know, three bedrooms, two baths, nice, you know, three car garage. Would you,
0: would you think that the, the lifestyle of the home or the amenities outside of it are probably as or more important than what you're living in? What house? Well, that's a good question. I guess it'll depend on
2: the house, Chris, because if you had the right house on the park, for example, or on the river, and it was priced right, I think I could make a compromise okay. and, and maybe have a little bit less on the house.
0: Okay. Well, I'll tell you what I would, I, what I suggest is to be able to get the most amount in. I like to try to get, knock down what we're thinking about as far as a house. And then we can kind of move that to a location or else I can help you with that. So if we find something over here and I could be able to say hey, you know what? That this house in Prior Lake, that's close to the lake and the the marina and you have the parks as well, is this much in Champlain. Now you have to just decide whether or not, you know, if if that location is better because you probably you're probably going to get a better deal on that thing. But the other part is is that there's different areas of houses in different areas. And so, you know, you'd probably typically find here south of the river, maybe a little more um, uh, newer, uh, more expensive. The land was more expensive uh, than what you might find up in uh, the Champlain area. And there is some there's some areas up there as well, but it might not just be Champlain, it might not just be Prior like, you know, we can expand out. But I think... We need to find out what you're thinking as far as a house. And I said, we could run all the way up there and we could kind of go back and forth. But let's just stick around here. We'll I'll give you that kind of that indication of what you can find. And then uh, we'll go from there. How's that sound? It sounds really good. What price point are you, Andy?
2: Um, I'd like to keep under uh, 100000
0: Okay. Well, Champlain's your spot. So we'll get you up there. Yeah. <laughs> do you want
2: wheels or a any foundation?
0: anymore. Wheels or a foundation?
2: Uh, I'd like to keep my house mobile. Yes. Okay, I, I okay. want to, in case I change my mind, I want to come to Prior Lake.
0: I have a sprinter that's available. I've oh, used yeah. it up. Yep. I've used it up. So, <laughs> but what yeah, yeah I think. 40,000 miles on it. Yeah. I think in the, I think in this concept, we're just trying to. You know um not run around the whole united states to be able to find him a house in every which area you kind of got to you got to kind of break it down because the more houses you take the more you bring around you'll just be bringing Andy around to the west side to the east side every side till he finds the exact thing that you want
2: well but, sometimes too if i need bedrooms usually i have kids and so school districts become important and you might say hey you know what kind of sports are your kids in you might want to consider this right so i mean I know a lot of times my clients are are following the the kids. Either there's a, a club that they're a certain kind of sport they're in, and the club's on that end of town, or the you know whatever. I, my job requires me to fly, so I'm be closer to the airport. Um, you know, you're
0: you a little were bit of everything. you were single and looking to hook up with different people
2: with three bedrooms. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally.
0: Then
2: I then I should for sure go to Charlie's on Pryor Lake and Charlie's
0: uh, on Pryor, baby.
2: Yeah, you, you can't meet people if you don't have a bar on the water.
0: I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a big selling feature. Totally, totally. Hey, that's Lake Minnetonka. All right. All right. One agent's representing the buyer, the other the seller. There's a hot listing in this market today. Buyer has the ability to go higher, but doesn't want to. All right, Andy, you're representing the buyer, and I am um, representing the seller. You've showed my listing. Uh, Go.
2: Um, boy, I tell you what—what a nice property! By the way, you did a fantastic job coaching your clients on uh, getting that house ready to sell, Chris.
0: Thank you, I appreciate that.
2: Yeah, you are a nice place. We've
0: got a lot of interest in it. Yep, thank you. You're
2: you're very well known uh, agent. I've always wanted to do business with, and so I'm just letting you know up front. I'm a little excited to do business with a guy like you.
0: Oh man, well, geez, you you know how to you you know how to hit a guy. Thank you.
2: That's it. That's that's how I would end that, it. That's um, it. And then get ten percent off. Oh no, I uh, you know I tell you what, I got a buyer coming in from out of town. Um, he's looking for you know close to the parks, this kind of hits that. Um, what are you guys looking for for a closing date, Chris, on that property?
0: Andy, I'll tell you what, my people are pretty flexible. Um, they are they are building. Um, they do understand that they probably have to to get out early to be able to make this happen, but they'd rather have it sold than to be able to uh, not have it sold and then move into their new place.
2: Okay, that seems fair. All right, so with um, regards to things like home inspections, um, when you guys were doing that uh, disclosure statement, you think there's anything really I should make my uh, my buyers aware of that maybe got missed? Or is there anything that I can you know guide them to maybe even not do an inspection? Uh, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I, you know what, Andy? My people, I, I've talked to them during the listing, and just said that it's, I think it's important to have an inspection, have the buyer do that. And they feel really good about it as well. Um, You know, they do have, they are offering a home warranty as well, just to to make sure, but uh, these people are real good people and they've taken care of it, but um, they just don't want any problems.
2: Okay, cool. Um, And then when you guys were looking at comps in the neighborhood, did you guys have at least three good comparables that we can compare to? So when I take my clients to the appraisal process, and we're not going to have any challenges with appraisals, or are you thinking they're they might be pushing the top of their price tier? Or we what are your thoughts I, on that?
0: I don't know. I think with the market and what inventory is, I think we're uh, I think we're we're positioned pretty well in, in the market. Um, have you sold in this area before?
2: Uh, no, I'm brand new.
0: You're brand new. Okay, brand new agent. Yeah, no, I can I can certainly help you with that. Um, you know, as as we know, you know, there's we can we can play around with square footage and uh, with style and all that kind of stuff but you obviously know uh, our house is is pretty updated it is it does have lake access and so that that makes a big difference. The one thing about a lot of lake access properties of this area are not a lot of them are updated so you got to kind of know what the heck you're kind of doing with the appraiser but I'm more than happy to be there to be able to explain that to them.
2: Okay. So, you know, and I, I respect that. And I, you know, obviously you having experience, I, I respect the fact that you, you know, you you're comfortable with the appraisal values. Of course, I do represent the buyer. So I'm going to present the offer that they wish to present, but this information has been very helpful. I'll use this to help guide them with their offer. Um, if I get an offer over to you, when are you going to be able to present that for me?
0: You know, Andy, I let my sellers make that decision. Um, we have heard from a couple other people. I don't have nothing in writing, but uh, I, I, I'm I'm one that says, hey, whatever's in hand, we we deal with, and so that's what I'll suggest to my people.
2: So, are you guys going to present and sign as you see them, or are you going to try to have, um, if you get multiple offers, you going to let everybody know that that's the situation we're in, or what are you going to do?
0: Yeah, I would think they'd like to see multiple offers, but I think they're going to deal with what we've got. Um, I mean, I would obviously probably make a phone call to the other agents, let them know, but I don't think we're going to sit we're going to sit on anything and just be. You know, I think they're waiting for someone that could come in strong and kind of work with them on what they need to do here. So,
2: so if I'm if I present it to my clients, hey, they write a nice offer, we'll get it presented right away. We could potentially get it signed today, and we'll have this deal wrapped up by five o'clock tonight. It would be great.
0: Does hey, get it over to me? I'll work on it. On its way. All right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, very good. I like that. That was interesting.
0: Now, Andrew, yeah, Andrew. Uh, isn't that weird though? But Andrew did do the the right things there. He was, um, um, wait, let me ask you this, Andy, what would you have, uh, what would, what would you go tell your buyer now after well, what you found out from me?
2: Um, well, no. So there there's, I normally would phrase my questions a little more specific. So if I knew that the house was a little overpriced, that's why I would have asked a question like about, are you, are you confident that we can get this appraised at the purchase price? I don't ask that question if I know it's underpriced. Mm-hmm. I, well, when It's underpriced. I might even say something like, Hey, you guys are priced uh, at or even a little bit below market value. For what reason did you do that? And then a lot of times they'll tell you, right? So they'll say, like, Well, we anticipated getting multiple offers and we expect it to be over asking price. And it's interesting how everybody's got a different strategy. My thing is, is that all I'm trying to do when I'm asking questions of a listing agent is just to try to get inside your head so that I can write an offer that's a little sexier for that seller that they say, Hey, I like this. This is cool. And let's, let's get it done but you know it, it's also from a listing perspective i do a ton of listings myself and i i almost don't mind when people ask me those questions because i'm allowed like you are right so your, your client says hey when i'm talking to these other agents what information would you like me to share like like you did about them moving to a new house and then i start thinking in my head well maybe what would, would i you know benefit my offer by saying hey we'd be willing to buy the house close on it and do a rent back to you guys so your new house is ready or something to that, you know what I mean? Where that's where my brain is working. So I'm thinking of how can I get within their world and then make an offer that they're like, geez, this is really nice.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. And I think
2: all price, right? I mean, cause that's the unfortunate thing sometimes with, with listings is that I've had sellers where they've taken a deal $10,000 less than another offer because they liked the terms of the offer. They liked the way that the people operated. They liked the way they wrote the offer, the approval letters the you know,
0: From the seller's perspective, I think I gave, hey, that we're flexible with possession, but you read into it like, hey, they really don't wanna leave, but they wanna make sure they can close on their other place. So, how about we close early and then just let them rent back until they can move out? It's the best of both worlds. So, yeah, which gets your client a better deal. And the only thing, the thing is, on that, you don't know that unless you call and ask. And that's what people don't do. People don't call and ask. Right. crazy.
2: I can't tell you how many times I've gotten a text saying, did you get our offer? Yeah. And I'm like, uh, first the of text. all, what are the you text. talking about a text? Yeah. yeah. And and I'm like, sure, let me dig through my email. Yeah, I guess you sent it last night at 1130. And there's no information. There's an attachment to an offer. And there's nothing on the email. Yeah. You didn't even I, this is for real guys. Yeah. I, I've gotten offers from some of these companies that know they're probably part time realtors. That's why they're working till midnight. And because they got another job or whatever, they're writing those offers. They have no information on there. They just think like it goes to a computer and the computer processes it. And it's like, you you have to do a lot more to get that offer accepted than just sending it over.
0: You know, I had an offer. It was actually from an agent uh, for themselves, Mm -hmm. just sent it over. And then uh, so it was a listing that wasn't had been sitting for a little while yeah just call them back i mean within within a minute i knew exactly where i could go i mean it was just like they just give everything away so there's in some cases it's good that they don't talk to you because they give everything away they don't know what they're doing it's very interesting yeah unfortunately
1: unfortunately so,
0: yeah that was really
1: good though that was um educational okay. so let's uh, let's go to this next little segment we're going to guess the price of these homes so Whoa. i have two homes for you guys one um in each of your areas and you're going to go through it and then you're going to guess and who's ever closest to their home wins Ooh. so
0: i like to win
2: wins a
1: nice car ride with three. No. Um. all right so the first one um we'll do chris you can you can lead it off
0: Ooh. Seven Oaks Court. Oh, look at—he got rid of that price. Okay, built in the eighty-nine. Can I see just a couple more pictures there. Five thousand square feet, five bedroom, six bath. That is this is all you get. get.
1: You get this screenshot, and he has the same type of screenshot.
0: Oh. Okay, one uh, single-family residence, uh Seven Oaks Court. God, five bedroom. That's all I'm getting. So I'm, guessing, I'm
2: guessing. I guess eight fifty.
0: Hey, you can't guess on mine.
1: Yeah, oh, Andy, you can guess on
0: we're mine. i Andy in. Oh. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Eight ninety five. dollars 95 Okay.
1: Is that it? Yep. alright eight ninety five. Gotcha. Let me get the other one out for Andy. Chris,
2: you can guess on mine too since I guessed on yours.
1: I'll guess after you. This is kind of hard, Andy. Oh, dude.
2: Um, seven bedrooms, four thousand square feet. Hard. You might know
0: about that thing.
2: Historical registry. I see the fence that. I think that's on a busy road, Third Street on the corner. Gah. That is a really hard one, Nick, because that's a the historical bedroom. registry. Could be totally renovated. I can't tell if it's renovated or not. If it's not renovated, it's worth about three hundred thousand. If it is renovated, it's probably worth six seven hundred. Renovated, but it, it, dang. Okay, so I'm going to say my guess is I'm going to assume it's renovated, um, and I'm it's on one point three acres. I'm going to say six ninety
0: nine. Yeah, I'm going to say. Uh, God, it looks like a. Bed and breakfast kind of type. And kind of a cool little little spot, but I'm gonna go 625. Okay. This is like price, right. right?
1: We'll bring out the Zillow. I tried doing like same price range in your guys' area, so maybe maybe gives away the answer. So here's uh Andy's oh, no. nine hundred. What? Yeah,
0: Andy, that out of town buyer stayed in Pryor Lake. Oh, for sure.
1: Yeah, no that that's somebody
2: selling it as a business. I think
0: it, has it to says be. There,
2: Tick Ticknor Hill or whatever. It looks like it's some kind of a uh, a bed and breakfast.
1: Yeah, look at the old price history. It was all sold yeah, in 99 See it
2: for three eighty five. That was my three hundred. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, not renovated. Bed Otherwise. and breakfast. Okay. It is, yep. And so you got to give me okay. that. Yeah. Gotta I got to give you that details.
2: It's for sale. That's all right, as
0: long as I win. He's six ninety nine. It was All hundred thousand. All right. Oh wow,
2: that is nice though. Yeah. I don't yeah, like get those extra
0: photos. Kind of help. My bad, Andy.
2: That's okay. No, no, no. That's okay. I feel comfortable with my answers, because you know, you still, I still think it's in that range. I mean, it is. It's for sale. It's not sold yet. So <laughs>
0: exactly it maybe if i would have looked at these pictures i would have gotten under 625 too I, but there might, there's a business play to it so
2: yeah my my i think that's a six hundred thousand dollar house on 1.3 acres in anoka as a business you know and and to pay to have it decorated in that victorian style that some people really get a kick out of it's very expensive so if it's in good shape they they might get somewhere between that six and nine hundred but you know, like it said, the previous prices in the 300s, that's what I see a ton of is those beautiful old houses in Anoka. Anoka, actually, the historical, if you look up the history of Anoka, it's been a, it has been—it was around, it, they were going to make that like the state capital back in the day. Yeah. Before, it was one of the eligible cities that they were looking at compared to St. Paul. So, I mean, it's been around a long time. And uh, there's some really fun history there.
1: We'll uh, go to the Burnsville home. Come on, 850.
0: Go, go,
1: 949.
0: Yeah, let's see some pictures.
1: When they did show the the kitchen
0: right away, I was kind of, I didn't think it was.
2: uh, It does look like everything's redone, Chris. I mean, the windows, the garage on the front, all the staircases, looks like everything's shiny, brand new in there.
0: Yeah, the thing is, you you move that over a couple uh, communities. You'd be getting a lot more than that for it.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, that's yeah. why I, I thought Burnsville, 5,000 square feet, I was like, I think I said 850, right? Yeah,
0: they've totally redone this house. I mean, look at the kitchen. At least it's been in the, you know, in the era, so.
2: Yeah. Oh, no, that, I, uh, that I, was, uh, I think I'm pretty happy with our limited information.
0: Yeah. We're At least we were
2: kind of close, right? Yeah. Exactly. I wasn't. I was off by 50%, but I'm not I'm not a special specialist in pricing Bs.
1: <laughs> Beautiful. Um oh, just one more thing. So we got a scam alert going on here. Whoa. Yeah. It's everywhere. It uh, it? I want to hear you guys um if you heard about this scam and how people can protect themselves. So Boom, so, some crazy website. Beware new scam targeting Minnesota property owner surfaces. And then I have uh, a sheet you guys can read quick.
0: Uh, right here. This letter is to inform you that property's home warranty secured by Dyna Realty Mortgage may be expiring or may have already expired. That's when you know it's fake. Our records indicate that you have not contacted us to get your home warranty date. Please call us immediately. That that happens. This crap happens all the time. I'll tell you the best one that they do is to make sure that you get a copy of your warranty deed. Yeah. That you get at closing, but they're going to charge you. It's free to get, by the way, is you can get it for $95 and they'll send it to you. It's not like,
2: well, you know, Chris, technically they're not doing anything illegal. No, They're They're just selling you something you already have. Totally.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That, that one is misleading, you know? I mean Edina Realty Mortgage puts on a warranty. Yeah. You know, so they're they're just finding people who uh you know uh finance with Edina Realty Mortgage and then just sending them that, you know, close to a year after trying to get them to buy some warranty that might be useless anyways. So happens all the time, too much, too many times it happens.
2: Yeah, well, I, I don't know if the, that's newsworthy. Those well, those are the guys that are kind of perusing the old uh you know the the county tax records, and and there's a lot of different things that they can do that they gain the information to sell it, to market to you, to whatever they see you refinanced. They can see when you do whatever, and then they well, hey, now that you've refinanced, have you ever considered this? And a lot of that weird stuff happens.
1: Yeah. Hey, quickly, what is the the best scam you've ever seen in the real estate industry? Maybe
0: that you got taken for,
1: or something that was like <laughs> remarkable how they did it.
0: I think from a real estate agent perspective, we get scammed all the time with lead generation systems or that can't miss things that you end up paying for. Um, But for the general public, I don't, I think it's the warranty deed, getting a copy of your warranty deed, you know, because I think it's not, it's, it's, I don't know if I'd call it a scam. I would call it a taking advantage of people that don't know what they're doing, but we get, we say it every time at closing, and then we usually get calls half the time on that letter. I, I, uh,
2: I, firsthand, I need, I need about a minute to explain this, but I, I had firsthand um, watched um, where these guys were running ads in the paper saying, Hey, if you have a credit score of 750 or higher this weekend, come to our webinar and make $25,000, our seminar. And they would get these people down and they'd have steak dinners and everybody's eating and they would get these people involved in what they would call a real estate investment. And they'd say, hey, right now with stated income, we're talking 2007 here, 2008, um, we will go out there, find a property, secure you a renter, um, and get you you know, into this property with no money down. Um, we just have to have that we can verify you know, that you, you have uh, uh, the, the, um, the job. That was about it. So th- these guys would go in there, they'd find these what they call straw buyers, these, they would, they would on paper. Now the invest the, the scammers would go out there and secure a house for $700,000, let's say. And back then the houses would still appraise. And so then they would buy it from the builder for 900,000. And they would say, the builder is going to finish the basement, put on a deck, do whatever. And they never did. So the builder would sit there and close it. You know, the appraisers were in on it, everybody's in on it. So this house would close at 900,000 with the straw buyer that got paid 25,000 to close on this house. So think about this, this group would make 200 grand. They had a buyer that would come in that was supposed to be the renter. They would pay upfront five months of that person's rent to get them off the FBI's radar. And then that buyer that had zero money down, that was stated income. They just had to verify employment. They would buy this house for $900,000. The the group would keep the 200,000 minus what they paid out. And, and they would, they would disappear. And all of a sudden, weird, they would do 25 or 30 of these a week. And these people were buying these houses and being set up for failure. And and then the rent was paid for the first, like you said, five, six months. And then, so then the FBI doesn't get involved because they would pay the first payments. And I was watching, I I watched single-handedly a group of people that did this. I, I was the listing agent, they came in, they wanted to play this game with us. And I walked away from the listing, had my clients sign a letter that said that they understand they're, they're completely committing mortgage fraud, that they're involved and they could be in legal trouble. And I walked away. They called me the day of the closing. This investor comes in, they close on the house. The, it, now it's a homeowner. So think about that. So the homeowner got overpaid by 200 grand and they hired their remodeling company to come do remodeling on the house that they had an invoice for, for the 200 grand on that. So then that company takes that $200,000 They grabbed these people by the arm and took them down to the bank to cash that check. And when they're in the bank, this, I'm not joking with you. My seller says the teller goes, wow, this is your fifth one this week. You guys must be doing really good. And so here's, here's a 25 year old kid that's made a million dollars in five days on scamming people. He was also one of those guys that would stack mortgages. He'd buy five houses at one time. And have uh, or have five mortgage companies lined up on the same house, and they'd all close at one time. Oh my God! So I've I've seen that. That was that was all over the Otsego market. That was all over Elk River. Um, I mean, thousands, right. of, or hundreds. I should say hundreds of houses were bought that way.
0: No yep. so,
2: And some oh. of these builders that were no longer building and they were trying to get rid of their lots and not file bankruptcy were building houses for these clowns. And, and as long as they could appraise, they'd close them. So the builders were happy because they were getting, you know, but then they, all a lot of them, you read the paper, they went to jail. And rightfully so. So yes, those are the biggest scams I've ever
1: been seen. He, he was 25 scenario. years old, the kid?
2: Oh, yeah. He was a punk. Wow. He had the most pimped out pickup truck I've ever seen in my life. And then the next time I saw him, he pulled up in a brand new Cadillac. I mean, they were rolling in the money. And what's funny is that the kid that was running the scam never got caught, never went to jail and weird enough. So a couple of years later, I'm sitting at a dinner party, 2012. And one of the guys that's at this dinner party works for the FBI. And I'm sitting there and I said, Hey, you know, if you guys ever want to take this case, I have no problem. Cause this guy is such a grease ball. I said, I have no problem. Giving you copies of my files, showing you what, giving you the right witnesses, everything. He goes, was it over 5 million? I go, huh? It was just a couple hundred thousand. He goes, Take me 10 years to get to that file.
0: Jesus.
2: So the FBI is not even interested in going after these crooks. Mm-hmm. They were, and, and this guy was like in that division. He's like, nope, we're chasing for the $5 million deals and higher right now. I mean, someday we'll get to it. But as of right now, I wouldn't have time to look at this file for probably 10 years.
1: Wow. Well, let's leave on that note. Uh, make sure you give us a little subscription on the, on the YouTube Facebook, give us the thumbs up. We have a link tree now, so click the link. You can go to Chris and Andy's websites and find out where everything is streamed. We'll see you next week. All right, see you guys.